Hello and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.FM or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about Sandra Lerke, who's a Norwegian singer-songwriter, and this is his seventh studio album and he's only 32 years old, which is pretty impressive. It's music that he made in the context of his divorce. Some of the songs were actually written beforehand, but then he got them into a final form um, after they split up. And so it's kind of a document of that process. Um, I also have to mention that he I read an interview with Helen Singh on Mission Mission where he said that San Francisco is his favorite city in America. So that's a good enough reason for us to talk about him. Well, another good reason, in addition to him being so prolific that he already got seven albums out by the age of 32, in case you weren't feeling inadequate about your own production ability, but that then you'd think, oh, a breakup album, oh, it's going to be a bummer. But instead, <laughs> it starts off with a bang with the first track, Bad Law. My baby surrendered to fate And I couldn't even say how I felt later on that evening Stating my name to the officers It was in vain cause I knew they were out to get me Players four or five fingers fly On a sticky plastic bag Scan my blue bloodshot eyes For the history of my trials When crimes are passionate Can love me separate When crimes are passionate Can love me separate The lyrics in that song really set us help him set up the idea that this is going to be an album where he's telling his side of the story and he's not necessarily a reliable narrator and the um the lyric that i like is uh en route to my cell i retraced every step and found a way to redact and retell my story and i think that's a nice way of setting up what we're about to hear and he also kind of sets up an idea that's one of the threads throughout the album that you can do thing make mistakes and do things that you regret and that doesn't necessarily make you a bad person yeah, I appreciate on this that he's, you know, there's the vividly drawn portrayal of this event, but at the same time, there's this sense of him kind of looking back and trying to make sense of it after the fact, maybe when he's not in the, in, you know, the, in the heat of the moment. And, you know, again, some of the other lyrics there, there's just where he's clearly, I think, questioning himself a little bit where I think he says, uh, there's no evidence and I confess it all seems unlikely. And it's just that very sort of droll, very self-deprecating, very, very charming. And with that sunniness of the song and that that contrast of super sunny music with working through some really difficult stuff, I think definitely a through line on this album. And he keeps that high energy up through the, the front half of the album is really loaded with the first three songs are very high energy. And this is the third track, which is Legends. Please disregard my endless hope it just paved the way for the end of our road i sometimes called your bluffing secret you sometimes wrestled with my nerves 
Can you imagine anybody else so close to you at heart? Oh, why? That's the third track, and I think it's a lovely counterpoint to that first track, where before we were hearing, you know, a remember, remembering a bad time, clearly in a relationship, and then this is sort of a pivot to someone, you know, trying to come up with an argument for, hey, what's good about this relationship, and and, and some of it's hypothetical, but you know, every relationship has that hypothetical about the future and what that might turn into. And that that was your read of it because it's funny because oh. I took it as, the way I took it as looking back at the relationship and saying like, okay, well, you know, we'll never know this potential that we had. We never knew the legends we could be. And I love the way that he alternate, he contraposes the bitterness and anger that's really in the inflection in his voice and in some of the lyrics with also the ability to get some distance from it and find a sense of humor. And I think that's a duality that plays out over the course of the album. And mm. I love the way here the lyrics go from um, in the beginning, we'll never know what legends we could be, just me and you and you and me, to just dumbass you and dumbass me. Yeah, I, I just, I like the that sense of humor. Yeah, and he's, he's angry at her, but he's clearly, he realizes that he is not a blameless and not, not a perfect person. Maybe in defense of there being that ambiguity in terms of, you know, as you said, a lot of these were maybe being written before the breakup, before the divorce, but then being recorded after the divorce. And so there is that kind of ambiguity. Is, is he talking about something where he's still trying to save it or where he's just looking back and like, well, we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I kind of took it as him saying to us, like as someone who's in the middle of saying like, hey, we're breaking up and he's saying like, we'll, we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I like that it also the other that is this um, the, again a super sunny song with just these incredibly emo lyrics and oh I'm just gonna bluff in secret oh I'm so close to you it hurts and that the entire chorus is again I'm asking that sort of this what might have been this hypothetical and yet it's this triumphant chorus with that very sort of down you know hypotheticals of of greatness not actual greatness. Also, just some fun instrumentation where, you know, halfway through the song, it just starts throbbing some weird... Like a dubstep wub. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it work and it works. That's the weird thing. It shouldn't work, but it totally works. And in the same way that he covers multiple states of mind sort of instrumentally and in this song with the lyrics, he kind of really does cover the whole five classic stages of grief over the course of the album. And, you know, we've got denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And so so the next song is kind of more about bargaining and depression, and there's a shift in tone. So this is At Times We Live Alone. At times we live alone With our love You're not the first to find You need A lifetime of your own Your love assembled such A melody Now I must reconcile This obsolete 
machinery I wanna come home but I'm the guy you keep on trying to commit to a crime please I love you try get angry try go fuck off call a friend try again till the end So this is the song that's the most heartbreaking track on the album for me and the part that resonated most strongly. Just this idea of being trapped in a relationship where you're with this other person, but you're so lonely because the other person just isn't there emotionally and how difficult that is. Yeah, it's uh, for me, I think it's what was interesting about it is maybe more structurally in the context of the whole album. It really is this dramatic shift in tone. It's kind of this momentum killer we had three really upbeat songs and suddenly there's this much slower, much longer song. This is over six minutes. And yet I was not boring. And so that's sort of the thing. Usually for me, when it, when an album does this, I think back to Angel Olsen, we did a few weeks back and that where it had that momentum killer and it was just like, oh, so boring. This one, not. I think there's such a range of melodic variety and really just interesting instrumentation. There's like chimes. It sounds like he's shaking a chain. He's playing the inside of a piano. Yeah, I wasn't sure what that was. It sounded like I was like, at first I thought it was wind chimes that kind of sounded like broken glass. And then maybe it was like, coins or like keys jingling yeah oh yeah it could be just king yeah keys or chains i don't know but just these sort of interesting very metal-ish mm-hmm. but just yeah it gave it a lot of texture and as i said i was not bored by this and also i mean a lot of these i think more suggestive lyrics i think i tend to go for the literal interpretation which might be wrong but the most obvious interpretation that's waiting and i think these these lyrics are really good to help me not do that with just you know, you asked me to commit commit to a crime, not commit a crime, commit to a crime, which is just, I don't know what that means. It's really, it really evokes just notions of what it's like to be at this sort of end stages of a relationship and just all, like someone trying all these different things. I'll try and, you know, try to be work with you. I'm going to try and go call a friend of mine and I just, I'm going to keep trying stuff until this is over. And that's just, again, it's, I, I, relationships that end and yeah you keep trying to make them work and that but he's that sense of like it's not going to work that ends coming sooner rather than later yeah it's more like instead of like trying in a productive way it's more just comes across like you're banging your head against the wall yeah i that is i think that's kind of the feeling yeah that you evoke because yeah there's like a lot of that dedication to yeah trying all that stuff and then just i love this sort of really pretty nasty but so poetically put statement of your physical incarnation showed up yeah that's With, pretty good i just i think that's so clever and um yeah but that that's yeah clearly sort of a shift to you know some dar- darker sounds slower um a slower tempo and it i think acts as a nice transition into sort of the next middle of the album patch of songs the next one of which really goes in different directions uh, sonically and that's sentimentalist for a self-professed love mantis that hard i wasted less to no time at all time to not dine Self-confessed tyro so rational so far It's such a dumb way to get what you want 
love how this song just goes to a different place sonically that it just becomes suddenly where we came out of a really kind of spare and quiet song into this just really lush and so it's it's got this really relaxed vibe but it's very just intense this overdriven guitar that manages somehow to be you know kind of fuzzy in this way that's warm but harsh at the same time and i got a even got a bit of this um almost like a flaming lips vibe that this is just this sort of expansive soundscape. That's just a total change of pace and really welcome at this point in the album. And I love the way that I love the really heavily processed harps that are in the background that give it so much texture. And that's one of the things I really like about this album is that you can listen to it in the car with the windows down and it's a really energetic pop album that sounds great on the surface, but you can also put your headphones on and listen to it um, and get the, really layered interesting production that's there if you're paying attention and i also feel like this song the the production style and all the texture that goes into it and all the different instrumentation does a great job of capturing sonically the contrasting feelings that he's trying to express in this song and so it's like you have the you know duality of the different emotions the kind of complex mix of emotions and then you also have a complex mix of instrumentation and production styles that are layered on top of each other but at the same time we're not forgetting the lyrics on this i mean it, i think it's got this great wide sound but then just again some of these great lyrical punch i think perhaps my favorite single line on the album is just this table for eight set for a trio and there's Again, it's this it's this word picture, and I'm not sure what it means, but it's so vivid and just this notion of like you know reality not matching up to your expectations. And that, and that's kind of the whole album. Yeah. And that's one thing I really like is that there is the specificity. And you know, you talked about the bloodshot eyes before and the vividness of the word pictures that he creates. But at the same time, they're just abstract enough that anyone who's had who's gone through the end of a serious relationship can relate to it. Like you can find different things to relate. To to it because he's not so specific that it may you know it, it creates a barrier between him and the listener yeah and so this is I, I think the thing here that this album i mean it's a breakup album but it's not just you know it's not just one tone he's really exploring a range of and emotions just, you know it's not Beck sea change it's not just kind of morose and slow it's very complex and also very upbeat and positive and funny in a lot of parts Oh yeah, the sense the sense of humor really takes a lot of the edge off. Like you know, I I so you can get away with a lot a lot of self pity if you have a sense of humor about it. Totally. But as I said, this middle section I feel like is kind of the lushest section, and the more I think more experimental, and that definitely continues with this next song, which is Lucifer. Lucifer, Venus at the break of dawn. I'm terrible. With 
with names But I love this one Lucifer, Lucifer. I indulge the dusk at times dusk. There is no finer sight Than that of you tonight Everybody puts a price on you Of course they do All I want to do is strike a match Set fire to you This song provides a good opportunity to talk about the fact that Sandra said in an interview that I read that he took a different approach to writing this album. And instead of starting with the guitar and the melody, which is what he normally does, he started with the rhythm and then tried to build everything else on top of that. And I think it really comes through in this song in particular, where you've got this great samba beat, but then it's interrupted by this percussion that sounds almost like gunshots and is really like it just creates an interesting interplay of the drums in here. Yeah, I I think that the changes in tempo and the fact that you have these different sort of more rollicking beats and then with these little percussive interludes and it helps kind of break the song up. And even though this isn't as long a song as at times we live alone, I feel like it manages somehow to be more epic. It's less than five minutes, but all these changes and it feels like there's at least three different songs happening in here, but they're all songs that work together. And I, I found that really appealing as well as, again, being lyrically solid. I talked earlier about that one line that I really liked in the last song. I think this had the catchiest chorus of the album, which is just this, I don't mind it if we cannot speak. I don't care much if we can. <laughs> and when you with me, I don't understand why on earth we would ever speak again. Like it's just so bitter and it's so catchy. And I think that, yeah, he's having a sense of, even though he's super angry and bitter, that that's still that sense of humor. And that's the sunny kind of spin he puts on it is just. And I think that duality also carries into how you can interpret the song because, you know, you took it as more of a surface reading of like, he's talking about his ex-wife, but you can also like, I, I think you could also read it as he's talking to his own darker side that yeah. he's like trying not to get drawn in by. And, yeah. you know, you talked about how it's not a morose kind of like down breakup album. And I think that that's kind of we hear him kind of fighting off the desire to, you know, fighting off yeah. trying to, you know, not be dragged down by that feeling. Well, I think even the title is is pretty great that there's that expresses that duality because he talks about Lucifer, which we're so used to expressing sort of this evil concept but of course that name he talks about it's venus at the break of dawn and this notion of venus being the morning star and it's the evening star it's beginnings and endings and that's a good yeah i I, and i just yeah i think it's such it's such a great start and yeah that it really establishes that duality so this is part of a pair of songs really that go together which is there's lucifer and then there's this next song which is after the exorcism and face first you spun so fast 
I really this like how this is such a ch another change in pace, another kind of sonic shift for the album that I feel like this has the most kind of just straight up rock and roll guitar. I don't know what I feel about that, but just sort of the texture of it is just a little more aggressive as well as there's being just this like guitar and drum solo in the middle of the song that is... I think again more more of just a hard almost like a hard rock sound. I think his vocals are really aggressive too, just the tone. Yeah. Except that I think in the chorus then he the when he's actually singing about after the exorcism baby and it's really like I think it's really smooth and not harsh at all. I even got kind of a David Bowie vibe off of it. I don't know why, but just I think that yeah, there's a great sound, but it is the last kind of fast. I think the the album has more fast than slow songs, and pretty much after here, it's kind of slows down for the for the denouement. So, and there's that sense of like after the exorcism, like exorcism is sort of this violent image of expelling the demon, and that's really that sense of finality. And you think like, well, oh, it's not over is it over and then of course the lyric he says I'll, I'll be letting go of you soon and even the even the pacing of that where is i'll be letting go of you and then it just pauses and then soon and i i just the, i love that timing on that and there's that sense of like it's not it's final but it's not really final mm -hmm. and I, I just like the way that just the emotional the emotional tone of his voice it provides a really good climax because you have this build-up you know, especially over the last few songs of just the emotion and some kind of like anger and intensity of feeling. And then it shifts a little bit until, you know, it's almost like if we're going through the five stages of grief, it shifts over to acceptance for the penultimate song, which is Lucky Guy. I won't lie, baby, you broke. So this is another one that really resonated with me emotionally. And I think it's great the way now he's sort of talking from the perspective of having enough distance to be grateful for the experience of having been in the relationship. And I think of like, I was married for a long time and I, you know, I certainly regret that. But at the same time, I wouldn't have gone to graduate school and done all the traveling I did and bought a house and like done a lot of things that were net positives over my life. And more importantly, learned how to be a better partner and be you know, a person who can get into good, healthy relationships because of what I learned. And I feel like that's kind of, he, you know, he says in the lyric, baby, you broke me, but I'm such a lucky guy because he recognizes the positive that came out of it. I, I bounced back and forth. I think when I first heard it, I took that spin on it. But the fact is that he, you know, the fact that it really ends with baby, you broke me. It's, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that he is a hundred percent convinced but I think he's, you know, he's getting there. But it is interesting. I think most of these songs is, you know, from that perspective of after the fact, and yet some of the lyrics, and I, I really like that it has sort of this, 
smooth flow to it. And then at, at a certain point, like most of the instrumentation drops out and it's just strings in his voice. And he sings just like, we are such lucky too, like still talking about them as a couple or an ex-couple, but that's still a thing. Like you're, mm -hmm. you still have that identity, even though you're not together, which is sort of interesting. And then just that we are such a lucky two in the shape of an island, less so as we approach mainland and that notion of an island approaching mainland. And yeah, I just, it's so, again, these images that are so evocative. And I find myself wondering how much of this might be related to him not being a native English speaker. I feel like there's sort of these interesting word choices. Sometimes they're a little clunky, but I think more often they come out just sounding very poetic and like this sort of note, these ideas that are very vivid and kind of off, but in a way that's very appealing. And I, I think it that's sort of this co common thread across the album that he just has such these turns of phrase all over this level of cleverness and, you know, laughing at himself, never at his ex. And that it just, this manages this breakup album that is never repetitive. And there's just variety throughout both musically and lyrically. And it's just, it is really satisfying. And so he ends, he ends up with this last track, which is logging off where he kind of seems to be moving toward resolution. And there's a lyric about looking in the mirror, you're, I look for you in the mirror and you're not there. And just the idea that he's moving on and he's moved through all these emotions that he covers over the course of, al of the album. And now he can feel like, I think by recording and thinking through and producing this album, he has dealt with a lot of the emotions around surrounding this divorce and he can move on and he's, you know, ready for the next stage of his artistic and personal life. So we'll leave you with that. Thanks for listening. And again, this last track is logging off.
get so restless and down Everyone all at once Promise I will